Will Levis was insane against the Pittsburgh Steelers for both good and bad reasons. I'll tell you what I saw on tape and why it shows that Will Levis has to start the rest of the season on today's edition of the Locked on Titans podcast. Let's get it. You are Locked on Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland, Titans fans. Today's edition of the Locked On Titans podcast is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any $5 winning money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. We're going to dive into the tape. It's a Tic Tac Tuesday edition of the Locked on Titans podcast. I'm going to tell you all the good I saw on tape with Will Levis, all the bad I saw on tape with Will Levis, and why the only conclusion to draw here is Levis has to play the rest of the season. Also, according to a recent report, Nicholas Petit-Ferrer is having surgery and will be out for the season. We'll talk about what the Titans should do on the offensive line. Before we get into all that, though, thank you for making the Locked on Titans podcast your first listen each and every day, Monday through Friday, Tennessee Titans content all year round, always for free. Make sure you get subscribed, stay subscribed. It's your team every day here on the Locked on Titans podcast. Let me know down below, should Will Levis start the rest of the season? Also, throw a thumbs up on the video right now as well. Show's always free. All I ask for in return is the press of a button. But as I do pretty much every Tuesday, I want to dive into the tape with you guys and what I saw. And Will Levis was, you know the song by Luke Combs? Not a big country guy myself, more of a hip-hop guy. But hey, country's all right. Luke Combs has a fantastic song called Beautiful Crazy. All right? And that is how I would describe Will Levis's performance against the Pittsburgh Steelers. It was beautiful, crazy. That's the only way that you could possibly put it. But at the end of the day, his performance shows us Will Levis has to be the starter the rest of the way. I'm going to dive into the good here. Then I'm going to get into the bad as well. Let's start with the good. So I got about seven plays that I want to go over with you guys. Number one is the very first play to DeAndre Hopkins. He throws uh, kind of a stick nod route. So Hopkins is in the slot, and he comes out, and he gives a, a shimmy shake to the linebacker, faking going left or right, and then cuts up the field. All right? It's first and 23 in the shadow of the Titans' own goalpost. Will Levis gets pressure in the pocket. He's basically in the end zone, and he slides. He slides away from the pressure, from the right to the left, and delivers an absolute strike right above the linebacker's helmet into DeAndre Hopkins' hands. It lets Hopkins stay in stride, lets Hopkins keep his momentum up the field, and he's able to pick up over 23 yards. It's first and 23, and the Titans get a first down. Explosive pass play. Why was it possible? Because of Levis's ability to slide in the pocket, to navigate the pocket, to maneuver the pocket. And then ultimately, he's going, sliding to the left, while delivering 
with a right arm pass to Hopkins while Hopkins is going to the right. Pinpoint accuracy over the linebacker's helmet for a first down. Then you move forward. There's a play where NWI catches a pass on the right-hand sideline. All right, NWI is in the slot. You have Burks out wide, Burks or more. The outside receiver goes on a vertical route. NWI kind of fakes an out route and then turns it into a, a wheel route. If you look at Will Levis in the pocket, he has a guy at his feet, laying on the ground, grabbing his feet. He has a guy barreling down on him, going through his chest. Okay? Through his chest. He's practically off his feet. And he delivers a layered touch throw to the sideline to NWI. Ryan Tannehill cannot navigate the pocket and make throws under pressure like Will Levis can at this stage of both of their careers. He simply can't. All right, and Malik Willis doesn't have the accuracy to be able to execute it. So Levis gives you the best of both worlds. The ability to make these throws, the one to Hopkins and the one to NWI, while taking pressure, sliding, navigating. It's just something that we haven't seen. It's just something that Tannehill's never been good at. All right, there's another play where the Steelers are in cover two. On the left-hand side, you have Kyle Phillips in the slot. You have DeAndre Hopkins outside. Phillips runs a vertical route. And then Hopkins runs a deep in. It's called a dagger concept, all right? The idea is that Kyle Phillips will push the vertical, push the safety vertical, and it clears out an open space over the middle for Hopkins breaking back inside on the in route. Well, Levis sees the opening and rips a pass to Kyle Phillips up the seam. Again, Will Levis was able to unlock Kyle Phillips here because he was able to find him as soon as he got open. And Kyle Phillips was getting open. So the ability to have the velocity on your throw to stick the seam route on a dagger concept against cover two before that seam route gets to the deep safety, that is elite velocity on your arm, okay? So we're talking about accuracy, placement on the first couple of throws. We're talking about incredible pocket maneuverability and being able to deliver the ball while you're under, under pressure, now, we're talking about velocity over the intermediate, over the middle part of the field. Everything. And then the Derrick Henry screen, where Levis is literally being eaten alive by the Pittsburgh Steelers defense, and he's able to toss the ball out to Derrick Henry. We talked about pocket maneuverability. We talked about accuracy and placement. We talked about layered throws. We talked about velocity on the seam route. Now we're talking about playmaking ability. And at the end of the day, guys, at the end of the day, if you've ever played football, even if you haven't, you may just realize it. Part of football is about toughness. Part of football is about grittiness. Part of football is about getting punched in the mouth and hitting them back even harder. It's not about your 40 time. It's not about how great your accessories look. It's not about your shoe deals. Part of football is a physical man-on-man -man battle. And for Will Levis to stand in there and find a way to make a play when the pressure's on him, just to flip it out to Derrick Henry. It's like, uh, you know, in Space Jam, where they're all piling on the character of Newman. I, don't, I can't think of the actor's name, but he plays Newman in Seinfeld, and he's Michael Jordan's assistant in Space Jam. And all of the monsters, monsters dogpile on him. And then the ball just whoop, pops out and goes in the hoop. That's what it looked like when Will Levis was able to get that ball out to Derrick Henry on that screen pass that Henry bobbled and then caught. And, went. and again, 20 yards, explosive play. That is not possible with any of the other quarterbacks on this roster. Will Levis has to play. The last couple of things that I want to talk about here, Will Levis floated a beautiful drag route to Traylon Burks, 
across the field that he just barely lofted it over two linebackers who didn't bite on the play-action fake as much as they should. Absolutely. We talked about Will Levis and layered throws, touch throws. That was a knock on him coming out of college. Was he able to do that? He's he's shown that he's able to do that. All right. He has shown that. And then we talked about the dagger concept earlier where Kyle Phillips ran the seam route. DeAndre Hopkins ran the deep in route on the outside. The Titans ran that concept again on the last two-minute drill drive, the last drive of the game, and it was a huge pickup for the Titans because Chris Moore ran a perfect in route, a deep in route. Kyle Phillips cleared out the defense with the seam, and then Levis was able to deliver a strike to Chris Moore over the field. So the point is, for me, we saw playmaking, we saw toughness, we saw accuracy, we saw pocket maneuverability, we saw velocity, we saw layered throws and touch throws. We saw it all from Will Levis in this game on the road against a great defense and one of the historically most toughest environments in the NFL on a short week in primetime in his second start ever. I mean, clearly, clearly, I may be sick, but it's getting me too excited. As you guys can tell, Wayne Knight, Wayne Knight is Newman's uh, actual name. So shout out to Vizo in the comments and Ann Hernan as well. But with that being said, we got to talk about the crazy. Because if that was the beautiful from Will Levis, there was some crazy in there as well. My Lord, he made some terrible, terrible decisions that cannot happen. Cannot happen again. So we're going to talk about all of those in just a moment. Before we do, though, do want to let you guys know that today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy sports made easy. So here it is. Prize Picks has a projection for every player. Will Levis, one touchdown pass. LeBron James, 20 points. Derrick Henry, 75 rushing yards. All you do is you go on Prize Picks. You pick two to six players, and you say whether the player is going to do more or less than the prize picks projections, and then you just watch the winnings roll in. And now, prize picks gives you the ability to combo multiple sports. So again, you could do LeBron James points, three-pointers made, Travis Kelsey catches, and put them all together. That, I mean, I love that prize picks has allowed that to happen. And if you win on your lineups, you can get up to 20 five times your money this season. Plus, Price Picks has an awesome community plays option where you can see plays from big-time players on Price Picks like rapper Meek Mill or comedian Andrew Schultz. Make sure that you go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL. Use the code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL. Use code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. It's prize picks. Daily fantasy sports. Made easy. Titans fans, let's continue today's edition of the Locked on Titans podcast. It's a Tic Tac Tuesday. I can already hear the YouTube people. It's Monday. It's Monday. Whatever. It's a Tic Tac Tuesday. We're breaking down the film. We just talked about all of the beautiful in Will Levis's game against the Steelers. But now, we got to get into the crazy. Because this guy is un 
hinged. And that can create some big plays. Woo! But it can create some turnover-worthy plays as well. Before we get into the crazy from Will Levis's day, do want to thank you guys again for making the Locked On Titans podcast your first listen each and every day. Remember, Monday through Friday, Tennessee Titans content all year round, always for free. It's your team every day here on the Locked On Titans podcast. Shout out to my everydayers. Tomorrow, we're going to be talking about Mike Vrabel's decision. Mike Vrabel said he's going to tell the world who's going to be the starting quarterback going forward on Tuesday. I'm going to be here on Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, breaking that down with you guys. Crossover Thursday with the guys from Locked On Buccaneers. And then game plan Friday to get you guys ready for this week's game. I'll be live on Sunday after the Titans game. You don't want to miss any of that free content. Get subscribed, stay subscribed. But in the first half, Will Levis took pressure in the pocket. It's second down and six. And this dude throws the ball backwards. Literally throws it backwards. And it goes out of bounds. All right. The ball went out of bounds. So crisis averted. The referees ended up calling him down anyway and calling it a sack. So crisis averted. But dude, you cannot throw the ball backwards trying to hit a check down. Remember when Deshaun Watson threw the ball backwards against the Titans in week three? And we were all like, Watson is insane. That is the same thing that Will Levis did. It's second and six. Take the sack. Take the sack. It's it's in the first half. It's in the first half. It'll be third and 12. Just take the sack. Live to see another down. Don't, while you're getting dragged down, uh, throw the ball like you're Gumby and throw it backwards for a fumble. That is absurd. That is an absurd decision that cannot happen. And just for the record, the very next play after that, was the beautiful touch throw to NWI on the sideline that we just talked about that might have been his best throw of the whole day. It would not have been a possibility if he if that would have been a fumble and the defense would have recovered or if they would have called it a fumble and they would have lost 10 yards. Take the sack, young man. Live to see another day. Like, that was... I cannot believe that he did that. That was crazy. <coughs> Sorry, guys. Again, I, I'm still... Pr- Pretty sick, if I'm honest with you. Um, But the show goes on. Then, I think that some of the turnover-worthy plays are absolutely absurd, but small decisions in situational uh, aspects are, I think, where Levis really needs to improve the most. I talked about this last week when I said Will Levis wasn't perfect, and everybody freaked out. But a lot of those things, like throwing it deep to NWI, before halftime on a third and short when you just need to pick it up and keep the drive going against the Falcons. That sort of stuff manifested itself again because the Titans are in the red zone. DeAndre Hopkins is on the left-hand side. Kyle Phillips is in the slot. The Steelers blitz their middle linebacker up the middle, leaving the middle of the field wide open. Kyle Phillips, boom, shakes the cornerback right off the line of scrimmage in the left-hand slot and runs a slant route over the middle that's wide open. It's third and three near the red zone. You got to hit Kyle. And not only do you pick up the first down, if you hit Kyle Phillips over the middle, but he might run into the end zone. There's so much room. And Levis is looking to the left. How does he not see Kyle Phillips wide open over the middle on the slant? But instead Levis stays ultra aggressive and tries to throw a go ball down the sideline to Hopkins. Who's nowhere even close to open. 
I get that Levis wants to be aggressive. I, I, again, I'm sorry, guys. Levis should stay aggressive, but you have to have situational awareness. It's third and three. We need points. I love taking the deep shots, but it's third and three with a wide open guy over the middle. Just hit Phillips. Keep the drive going. Okay? That's not the only time something like that happened. Levis threw an out route to Will uh, to DeAndre Hopkins out of the slot to the left-hand side. Almost got intercepted. Was late on the throw. And honestly, should have hit the check down to Tajay Spears. Again, Levis has to realize there are worse outcomes than, like, just punting. Just taking a sack. Turnovers are worse outcomes than that. It's third and 12. I get it. You're trying to pick up the first down. You're going to go to the out route. I get it. But the cornerback is inside leverage and ready to undercut that throw. You can't make that throw. You can't. Take the check down. Take the little dump off the Tajay Spears right in front of the offensive line. And honestly, Spears had a ton of room. I think if he gets the ball, he might be able to turn up the field and get the first down anyway. Just too overly aggressive. Too overly aggressive. All right. Same thing. You guys remember the cross body throw? Will Levis does a play action fake to the right hand side, is past the right hand hash, and throws it all the way across his body, basically to the left sideline to DeAndre Hopkins. And it's almost intercepted by Joey Porter Jr. You cannot make that throw. There was nobody open, and I get it. Throw it out of bounds. Take a sack. Like these are just overly aggressive decisions that are going to get you killed. They're going to get you beat. You can't do it. You can't. All right. And then finally, we have another bad decision. Miss a Kyle Phillips on fourth and four. The play that got Traylon Burks hurt down the left sideline. It's fourth and four. Kyle Phillips is open on the right-hand side. Kyle, Kyle Phillips is open. But instead, instead, Levis decides to go deep down the sideline on fourth and four when you need a touchdown to take the lead in the fourth quarter. Like, we just have to hone in the aggressiveness. Now, I'd rather have someone who's too aggressive. I'd rather have someone who's too aggressive and you got to tone them down than have somebody who's too lax and you got to turn them up, like Traylon Burks. But at the end of the day, there's a happy balance that has to be found here. All right? The last two plays of the game, Levis is trying to fit in a seam route. I don't think they're good decisions, but at the end of the day, he's forcing it. I'm not going to crush him on that. But missing Kyle Phillips on both of these critical third and short, fourth and short plays, where instead he decides to go deep, th those are just terrible decisions. And that is mixed in with throwing the ball backwards for a fumble, throwing an interception ball to DeAndre Hopkins on an out route, throwing an interception in cover two where you're trying to fit it in between the corner and the safety on the left-hand sideline to Hopkins when he's not open, and Kyle Phillips and Chickaconquo are open over the middle of the field. Like, Levis is just too locked in on throwing it to Hopkins, too locked in on taking deep shots down the sideline. He's a rookie. Maybe he's a little scared to go over the middle. He'd rather take those isolated shots, give your guy a chance. If he doesn't get it, probably falls incomplete. But with the turnover-worthy plays, and the bad situational awareness, these are things that have to improve. Now, my point all along with all of this is, this is why Will Levis has to play the rest of the season. Are the Titans winning the Super Bowl this year? No. 
Are the Titans making a deep playoff run this year? Probably no. This is an ideal situation with low stakes and low risk for Will Levis to make these mistakes, for Will Levis to see these things, for Will Levis to correct these behaviors. He is almost in an ideal situation to go through these growing pains because of where the Titans season is right now. That is why it is so important that Will Levis starts the rest of the year. That is why yesterday I said, if Mike Vrabel does not start Will Levis, he should be fired because this is invaluable time for Will Levis to get that experience, to make those throws, to calculate exactly how he's supposed to play. All right? Calibrate is the word I'm looking for. Will Levis has to calibrate what he could do in college versus what he can do in the NFL and what it's going to look like. He has to play. He has to. So, man, I'm fighting through, guys. I appreciate you all. Thank you so much for sticking with me here. Some great stuff on tape. I'm going to have film breakdowns out on alltitans.com on Tuesday to show all the plays that we're talking about here. Want to make sure I let you guys know about that. But now, Nicholas Petit-Ferrer, likely out for the season. What does it mean for the offensive line of the Tennessee Titans? We're going to talk about that in just a moment. Before I get into it, though, do want to let you guys know that today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel. Again, America's number one sportsbook right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Make sure that you visit FanDuel. Dot com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season right. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Titans fans, let's continue today's edition of the Locked on Titans podcast. We talked about all the good with Will Levis against the Steelers, all the beautiful, and then all of the crazy from Will Levis against the Steelers and why it's so important that he plays the rest of the year. But now I want to focus on the Titans offensive line because we got a major report here that Nicholas Petit-Ferrer is out for the season. Let me know down below what should be the Titans starting offensive line For the rest of the year. Let me know down below. I'm going to get into what my answer should be. Before that, thank you guys again for making the Locked On Titans podcast your first listen each and every day. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans. Check out my film articles at alltitans.com for Sports Illustrated. So you can see the plays. Talk about what I'm talking about. People ask. I get it. Can't show the plays on this channel. Copyright issues. All that. Hope you guys understand. You can find the content very easily. uh, All the stuff I do elsewhere. But. According to a report from Paul Kaharski, Nicholas Petit-Ferrer is going to have surgery on his shoulder and he'll likely be out for the rest of the season. Okay. Well, Nicholas Petit-Ferrer has pretty much been awful 
this year. And I know that you could say, well, he's been better than Andre Dillard. But again, I would go back to when everyone was saying, this offensive line has to be better than last year. Just because you replace a guy you hate with a new name doesn't mean they're going to be better. Okay? Just because you replace Dennis Daly with Andre Dillard doesn't mean it's going to be better. Just because you replace NPF with somebody else, or you replace Dillard with NPF doesn't mean it's going to be better. And NPF was not better in pass protection than Andre Dillard. Maybe a little bit better in the run game, but we're talking about pass protection here, folks. Okay? That's what we're talking about. Pass protection. That's what matters. Because you're going to get Will Levis killed if they don't. And Will Levis needs time to make these throws so we can see if he can make the throws. All right, so if NPF is out, I'm not all that broken up about it. Chris Hubbard has been the best offensive tackle on this team all year. Now that is an indictment of the Titans' offensive line in general in itself. But regardless, Chris Hubbard has been the best offensive tackle for the Titans. I think that Chris Hubbard will be back this week. He had a concussion. It was a short week. No way Mike Vrabel was letting Chris Hubbard play that game. But Hubbard should be back now. You put Hubbard in at right tackle, and you let Dylan Radins play at left tackle. Skaronsky at left guard, Brewer at center, Brunskill at right guard. That is what the Titans should do going forward. Now, what do I think the Titans will do going forward? I think they'll put Andre Dillard back in. I think they'll go Andre Dillard, Skaronsky, Brewer, Brunskill, Hubbard. That's what I think they'll do. But I'm sorry. Dylan Radins is one of the best five offensive linemen on this team. Now, the Titans don't have a very good offensive line, so that is why that is. But at some point in time, every single opportunity that Dylan Radins has got to go out there, he has looked better than other people who get to start. Like, I'm going to put out a film video later this week about Dylan Radins. He went one-on-one with TJ Watt multiple times and shut him down. Not shut him down like the whole game, but I mean, in those one-on-one opportunities, he won. He won. You're telling me that Dylan Radins has gotten three opportunities to play left tackle ever? A, a, A little bit in this game against the Chargers before he tore his ACL, San Francisco in 2020. Or 2021, San Francisco. One time, he made Nick Bosa move from his side to the other side. And in this game, he was able to beat TJ Watt multiple times one-on-one. And you're telling me this guy can't get an opportunity to play on this offensive line? Dillard was awful. Now, Dillard was better than NPF, though. That's a fact. NPF was a disaster in this game. Now, part of that is he came back in the game when his shoulder was messed up. Should not have done that. Was not effective at all and came right out. But to me, you have basically what it comes down to is you want to make a balance between you want to develop guys for the future, but you also want to get a clean look at Will Levis and you want to try to protect Will Levis. That's why I say Hubbard at right tackle, even though he's not an answer in the future, because it's about finding that balance. If you just wanted to prioritize the future, you'd put Dylan Raidens at right tackle and Jalen Duncan at left tackle. But Will Levis might get murdered, all right? So I can't go that far into future land. I want to find a balance between getting a good look at Levis and trying to keep him comfortable and then getting a look at the future. And the best way to do that is give Raidens an opportunity to play at tackle, see how he does. Maybe he's your right tackle next year. All right? And at the same time, 
You keep Hubbard in so you can keep Levis upright and give him a chance to actually sling the rock. You know what I mean? So if you wanted to tell me Duncan at left, Hubbard, or Raiden's at right, go full on future, I get it. But I want to try to strike a balance here of getting some answers for the future while also doing right by Will Levis, who we're trying not to get absolutely destroyed, which at this pace could happen. So that's my view on the tape. I hope you guys understand I'm not trying to kill Levis. I'm not trying to annoy him either. I'm just trying to be fair about what I saw. He needs to play so that he can work through these things, and he needs to do it in front of an offensive line that can prioritize the future, but also still give him an opportunity to throw the ball. So with that being said, again, let me know. Should Levis start the rest of the season? Who should be the starting offensive line going through the rest of the year with Nicholas Petit-Ferrer likely out for the season? Whew. Hey, man, I appreciate you guys hanging with me here. Um, I don't feel better when I wake up tomorrow. You might catch me in your local ER, man. Killing me. But we're fighting through. Again, I'm going to be back with you guys tomorrow, breaking down what's next after what Mike Vrabel says about this quarterback situation. But that is going to do it for me today, folks. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Titans.